2: Rick Tittle. <laughs>
3: Alrighty then, thank you for that and welcome to a fresh week of sports talk. That's the name of the song, The Rick Tittle Show. Sorry, I promise that'll be the worst part of the whole show. Knock on wood. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on AFN. I am a supporter of the troops. How can you not be? They're the ones that allow us to do this. Proud to be on American Forces. Network. Proud to be on these terrestrial stations and the extraterrestrial ones where we have ETs that are running the board. That's right. Aliens. We also, that's alien sound. I don't know. We're also on the internet at sportsbyline.com. Go there, click listen live. Any emails, send those to Rick at sportsbyline.com. And uh, we are also on the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app. Get Twitter up and running again mañana. And CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel, tune your cable provider. We will provide that to you as well. We have uh, several guests today. We're going to start off with our Super 16 pollster and talk college football with the Hall of Fame coach, Andrew Talley. After a quick break, we'll bring in British director Paul Michael Angel. He has a new documentary about Stan Brock. Randy Wynn, the pride of Santa Clara, played hoop with Steve Nash down there and played for a lot of major league teams see the Giants and the Rays and the Mariners and the Orioles and the Cardinals and the Yankees and a couple others maybe. He has a big charity event coming next week, which I'll be attending. We'll talk about that. Author Lisa McManus from America's Test Kitchen. She has a new book. We'll have J.D. Sharp talking NFL football, which I'll do as well. Director uh, Jay Arnold, his new movie Shoulder Dance. And then we'll have Dwayne and Chad Olinger from Discovery Channel's the mystery at Blind Frog Ranch about the tunnels in Utah on their 160 acre property. Twitter's at Rick Tittle, phone number 1 800 878 Place. Come on back and let's do it.
4: Hey, you, the one on the couch you just told your friend you can't go out because you're busy? Ready to get real about your psoriasis? When your current treatments don't do enough to help control the inflammation beneath the skin, causing plaques and pain? Stressing and scratching. It's time to stop hiding and get real with your dermatologist so they can help you get clear. Get real clear about psoriasis at letsgetrealclear.com. Sponsored by AbbVie.
2: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least 2 federal student loans? then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free 5-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt.
1: 800-433-0539. 800-433-0539. 800-433-0539. That's 800-433-0539. Paid for by Fix My Student Loans. That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details.
6: Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers, AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com.
7: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a key, so handsome. He's a genius.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's always great on Mondays to check up with one of the Super 16 pollsters. That's the uh, collaboration college football uh, with the National Football Writers Association and the Hall of Fame National org. go to footballfoundation.org to see how you can get a vote and some merch as well it's great to welcome in the College Football Hall of Fame coach Andy Talley he's here to talk about uh, his 16 votes this week Andy welcome to the show before we start I mean you were at Villanova as the head football coach there for decades And as a Raider fan, when I think of Nova football, I think of uh, Howie Long. But if you could just take us back, because I think most people think of Nova as a basketball school. What what was it like there with Nova football? Do we have Andy? I think we lost him. (laughs) It just keeps my, uh, my record of when I do a very long intro. I was just waiting for the... We're 30. If you'd like to, we'll try and get him back. But yeah, <clears throat> Howie Long. Um, I remember when the Raiders drafted him and Tom Flores was the head coach and said, uh, we think uh, we think Howard Long is going to be a really, really good player. Um. Other than that, I would think for more, um, you know, at least in this century, this millennium, it'd probably be Brian Westbrook would be the guy. <clears throat> and then another great waiter, wide receiver, I want to bring up if we can, if we can get him back on the horn. And when I say horn, I mean, of course, phone. Uh, I went to a college football game this week. Oh, uh, Coach Tally, do we have you back? Yeah, I'm on. There you go. Sorry, I don't know what that was. It might have been our fault, but we appreciate having you on, Super 16 Polster. And I was just talking about, as a Raider fan, when I think of Nova football, I think of Howie Long when I was in college, but I also think about when I was a kid, Mike Ciani, great wide receiver, and you were there for decades. What? How do you sum up your time at Nova football?
8: Well, you know, 32 years there for sure, and... Uh, during that time, you know, Villanova had dropped football in 1980 uh, and were without football for four years, so I was the guy that took the job to bring it back, uh, and, um, you know, it was uh, quite a deal, uh, but we got out, you know, got out of the box real quick and um, jumped into the uh, a really good, you know, 1AA league at the time, and um uh, In five years, we were back up and running, and um, we were one of the top teams in the country for a while there and won a national championship in 2009. So that was just a great run. So for me, it was just a lot of fun to be home because that's my hometown. Uh, You know, I used to go to Villanova football games as a kid. So, you know, I knew the school pretty well.
4: It's
3: outstanding. Yeah, I I played football for a school that, dropped it twice st mary's and i just think about you guys trying to get back and starting off as really just a, a d3 independent and within a few years you're back playing one double a as you said and then d1 and then maybe like 10 years later you're back in the a10 that must have been a long road to get people to come in the beginning
8: you know it was interesting uh it was kind of weird the way it worked out there people were so anxious have football back. We had sellouts the first four or five years. Uh, just about every game was sold out. You know, stadium seats about uh, 15,000. Uh, and that was one of the problems that, you know, Villanova had because, you know, they never increased the size of the stadium as a Division One school. I mean, they should have moved it up to 30 or 35,000. Uh, and so, you know, that was that was That was a problem. So we ended up or they ended up playing a lot of games away, uh, which which was unfortunate uh, for guarantees. And that was one of the reasons why they dropped the, the program because they, they really couldn't afford to play Division one football. So you know when we got back into business again, you know one aa was the perfect spot uh, for us, and that was where we ended up.
3: Looking at your uh, poll, this is the first week since, I don't know, six, seven, eight weeks that everybody kind of agrees on a number one again, because we've seen Ohio state and Michigan and Florida state and Georgia. I think everybody's back on board at least this week that Georgia is the number one team. Why are they for you?
8: Well, I mean, I think Georgia right now has uh, proven that, uh, you, you know, they are uh, the real deal. And... um you know, it's, it's so hard um, when some of those teams don't play each other. Uh, so, it, you know, it looks like at some point in time uh, that Georgia is going to end up playing somebody for the national championship. And then they have an opportunity to prove it. Um, you know, I go back to when we were uh, number two in the country and Montana was number one in the country. And we actually ended up playing for the national championship, number one against number two. Fortunately, we were able to win a game. Um, so I think, you know, they're going to end up playing uh, pro- probably whoever is the number two team in the country for sure.
3: One of the things I like about the Super 16 poll is that there are no mediocre teams because you only have 16. So you have uh, Notre Dame. Barely cracking the list at 16, who were you perhaps thinking about, like a a K State or an Oklahoma State or a Louisville? Who who almost made the list?
8: Well, you know, I think K State, uh, you know, obviously uh, was was certainly a, a team that looked like they had a shot to do it, uh, and are very good. Um, Louisville is another one. Um, that you know seems to be perking along and doing well, uh, so you know it, it, it'll be interesting when some of these teams end up playing each other at the end, uh, and then the voters have to make some 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 real decisions about you know who they're gonna who they're gonna plug in. But I think with the playoff situation now, um, the the people who are on the playoff committee are gonna pull in the best teams at the end that they think based on record and percentage of wins, et cetera. Uh, and I think it's probably going to going to be much better than in the past where they just had four teams. Now I think it's it's moved to what? I think six or eight. I'm, I'm not totally sure. Uh, but I know there's more teams involved.
3: Yeah, we're going to have four this year and then 12 next year. We have just about a minute left. Do you think the whole Harbaugh thing may have had an adverse effect to the people that were trying to punish them? Maybe this has galvanized the Wolverines even more?
8: Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, Michigan is very committed to him, and uh, he's a serious cat for sure and a really good coach. Uh, I see him continuing to move along and be a serious threat to win the whole thing.
3: It's Andy Talley. He is the Hall of Famer, the uh, best coach in the history of NOVA, and a Super 16 pollster, as I said, NationalFootballFoundation.org, and uh, also the Football Writers Association of America. Go to footballfoundation.org to see how you can get a vote and merch. Coach Talley, thanks for your time and insights. We really appreciate it.
8: It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Sure,
3: no doubt. And listening to him in that conversation, how old do you think he is? He's 80. He sounds like he's 35. I hope I'm that. I sound that good and that lucent at 80. <laughs> the guy has, he's all there. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back with uh, British film director Paul Michael Angel. Oh, yeah.
9: The big stuff. to get my love Now because you wear all those fancy clothes
10: One out of two Americans thinks their life is worthy of a book. Here’s another startling stat. You may be one of the 15% of people who bothered to start your book, and one of the 6% that got halfway through it, but your gem of an idea likely died.
1: 800-943-2153. That's 800-943-2153.
3: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad.
12: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Tomorrow and tomorrow only from Fathom Events, and uh, that's going to be on over 600 screens and theaters across the country, there will be a film called Medicine Man, The Stan Brock Story. And we're joined by the director of that project, Paul Michael Angel. Paul, welcome to the show. And I remember as a kid in the 70s, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, this guy, Stan Brock, and he's out there with putting snakes around his neck and stuff, and it it turns up being a champion for healthcare in America. This must have been a fascinating project to tackle because a lot of people do not remember Stan.
13: Yeah, I mean, that's right. Um, For some people, uh, Meech of Omaha's Wild Kingdom on a Sunday night was like part of their ritual before they were off to school on the Monday. And uh, people, I think people kind of over 55 really know about his story, but um, I think for the younger generation, it, it does come as kind of fresh news.
3: How did he go from someone who was a basically a snake wrangler on national television to someone who? it made champion the cause of universal health care and, and and making sure that health care did not become so politicized
13: well he fled his uh, stuffy english private school in about i think it was 1956 age 16 got got on a boat to uh, guyana a uh, british colony at the time turned up in british guyana at the uh, ranch uh, headquarters and said i want to be a cowboy they looked at him and thought well we'll see how it goes um and 15 years later he was running one of the world's largest cattle ranches having proved himself to a posse of tough Brazilian vaqueros along the way and then one day some US TV producers come on holiday to the ranch they see Stan the uh, archetypal barefoot cowboy and just think wow this guy is tremendous and at the time they were formulating the idea for mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom I mean in those days the concept of uh, wildlife TV didn't really exist so uh, they they take Stan out to America and um, he experiences a lot of fame for a while in uh, mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom but then he reaches a point in life where he wants something more meaningful to do and um I won't give it away. But for various reasons that happen in the film while he's in Guyana, the healthcare issue means a lot to him. And he he sees how much people are suffering in the United States as well. And he says healthcare is the thing that I want to commit my life to. So he takes a vow of poverty, um, and just goes from there. And now the organization is the largest of its type in in America, delivering free care, all over the place.
3: When Obama was President, and there was Obama care and trying to get health care. Like, we don't have an, an NHS uh, like you. It's mostly bupa type of stuff over here. But when you think about what he was able to do during that time, because as I said, sometimes this becomes a political football and they say, oh my gosh, this is socialism and we don't want to be, you know, Denmark or be good, good health care, but we give up half our earnings. How did he try to stay? where he wasn't wearing a red tie or a blue tie and just like look I just want to help people
13: here a, a big part of Stan's ethos was always being apolitical um he realized that um, it's very divisive and it doesn't do much good for the organization um if he was to kind of go to one side of the of politics he'd pretty much lose half of his donors and half of his volunteers so that's something he never never would go with um if he spent time with a politician a Republican he'd make sure that you know the next week he was with a Democrat or even an independent um and that's kind of the ethos of the way that we've approached the film um we're not making judgments we're just showing that um the healthcare issue has been a political football over the years and it hasn't done any good for those that still cannot access healthcare and we kind of want people to come together Um, to you know raise awareness see that this is an an issue that transcends politics and you know maybe even bring a remote aerial uh, medical clinic to their community
3: just as an aside I know you produced the beautiful game on Netflix which team do you support
13: (laughs) strictly speaking I am an Aberdeen supporter but um they're Scottish team and that's um it's a tough uh that's a tough life. But I've got uh, I've got a little bit on the side with Arsenal. I think Arsenal are probably my favorite team in England.
3: I knew that since I'm a Spurs man, you would say that. But I will throw this I will throw this out to you. I, one of uh, my brothers, one of my brothers did this ancestry thing and apparently I have some air in me. So I guess I'm a Killy fan.
13: Oh, wow. Kilmarnock. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we, we beat you recently, so thanks
3: for that. <laughs> I'm sure you did. All right, let's get back to uh, Stan Brock again because um, you mentioned um, RAM, remote area, medical, volunteer-driven only, free dental, vision, medical services. And I think a lot of times, a lot of people in America, we see commercials like Help Everyone Overseas, and a lot of times we forget that people right here in this country need that help
13: yeah absolutely I mean Stan's initial intention was to go to the developing world but after about four or five years of doing remote area medical they started to do operations in America it was 1991 Sneedville in Cook County Tennessee the first ever remote area medical he pretty much just went up there with a pickup truck some donated gas and some volunteer um dental technicians and and got the job done and i remember him telling me um a lot of people said it couldn't be done they said oh there's no point you're not going to make a difference this thing will never work um you know uh, what what is this now nearly 40 years later it's the largest operation of its kind in in america 195 million dollars of free treatment delivered to nearly a million patients using um a volunteer army of practitioners, I think it's over a hundred thousand uh, practitioners volunteered over the years. This thing's absolutely immense, um, and you know, from from tiny acorns, uh, oak trees grow.
3: It's pretty amazing. And when you think about the way he lived, as you said, you know, some people say, "Oh, you gave away all his belongings." He, he kind of did. I mean, he basically just had like a sleeping roll and would eat porridge and and fruit. Uh, I mean, it's amazing that he was committed to that. You would think after maybe a year or two, he'd be like, all right, I have had enough of this.
13: Sure. Um As a documentary filmmaker, it's it's part of my job to check these things out, you know. And uh, I visited several times and I was always looking for the fly in the ointment. Was, you know, this guy can't be totally for real. I'm, I'm sure he's got a Rolls-Royce in the garage and a million tucked away. <laughs> a Bermudan bank account. But we could not fault him um I remember he flew to the United Kingdom to come and see us and talk at the Royal Society of Medicine and he stayed at my house because his hotel wasn't hotel room wasn't ready and I made a bed it was a long flight you know he he arrived and I made a bed for him and um he, he said he was going for some for a little shut eye and after about an hour I opened the door and just popped my head around the door to check check that he was okay and the bed that i'd made for him he'd actually got the mattress put it up against the wall and was sleeping on the carpet just on the carpet with a thin wow. sheet over. so he was like ever the amazonian cowboy like right up until his uh last days
3: that's amazing and then finally um hooking up with uh together films this is as i said a one time uh event what are you hoping to accomplish maybe some of your own uh change in our healthcare system
13: yeah I mean tomorrow night one night only so all across America 7 p.m um there's actually going to be a kind of like update film after the main feature film just to bring people up to speed on what remote area medical have been doing in the last few years um we want to raise awareness I mean there's still some people that don't think the problem is as bad as it is And we want to encourage donations to RAM. We want people to volunteer at RAM um, and maybe even bring a remote area medical clinic to your uh, community because that's how they work. Um, You have to contact RAM and invite them to come to you because, you know, um, that, that gets around accusations that RAM are like, you know, targeting places and making America look bad. Well, it's actually communities who reach out to RAM and say we have a need here. Come to us. So, if more of that could happen off the back of this film, I'd die a happy man.
3: There he is. Paul Michael Angel produced a new documentary about Stan Brock. It's called, you got to make sure you check it out tomorrow only at Fathom Events. It is called Medicine Man, the Stan Brock Story. Go to fathomevents.com for more information. Paul, uh, thanks for being on the show and up the dawns. <laughs>
13: Good knowledge. Uh, yeah, Stand Free. Up the dons, indeed, and uh, good luck with uh, Ange this year. Uh, he so has, far, so uh, good, except for this weekend. <laughs> yeah, a little little hitch there, but the Ange project is uh, in good shape.
3: Yeah, we had five starters out. That's my excuse.
13: Thanks, Paul. We appreciate it. Pleasure. Great speaking to you. Thanks.
3: Thanks. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Sports Violence.
4: Hey, you. The one on the couch who just told your friend you can't go out because you're busy? Ready to get real about your psoriasis? When your current treatments don't do enough to help control the inflammation beneath the skin, causing plaques and pain, stressing and scratching, it's time to stop hiding and get real with your dermatologist so they can help you get clear. Get real clear about psoriasis at letsgetrealclear.com. Sponsored by AbbVie
12: Tittle always goes commando.
3: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's great to welcome to our show longtime Major League Outfielder Randy Wynn and uh, now a uh, broadcaster. But he is here to talk about a very important event, which will happen a week from today, Monday, the 20th. It's called the Celebrity Draft and Dine and funds raised, will hope. Uh, support uh, MCF, Media Charitable Foundation. Randy, welcome to the show. There are some big, big names coming to this. Tell us how it all got off the ground, please.
16: Hi. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, yeah, so I, I never knew that my life was going to be kind of filled with charity work, but this was always something that I really enjoyed, even when I played, was going out and being involved with the kids, seeing kids put a smile on their face, talk to them, um, you know, cause the, the, they are the future. So when I had a chance, um, a buddy of mine, Brandon Laidlaw, who lives, um, here in town, we, uh, got together on some, some business ventures. And when the business venture did well, we were at lunch one day and he said, Hey, I think we should start the charity. You know, our business has done well. Um, I'd love to get back, give back. He is a minor league hockey player, former minor league hockey player. I'm a former professional baseball player. So, Um, We decided to come up with Medea Charitable, which our mission is to assist organizations that help children with athletic, educational, social, and community activities. And at this time, this was like kind of right in the middle of COVID when we decided to start this. And if you think back, which feels like several lifetimes ago, one of the first things that got cut when, you know, budgets were tight and people had to, you know, tighten the old old belts was extracurricular activities and and sports. And so we thought not only did we know what sports had done to us, um, for the, you know, hard work, determination, um, working well with others, all those skills that transfer outside of sports. Um, you know, it, it was, it was all about giving that gift to kids and making sure that they were able to get out of the house and, and do the fun things that, um, you know, that I was able to do as a kid and, you know, basically play sports, be around a lot of other kids.
3: My uh, dad went to Santa Clara, and so I grew up. Go Broncos! Going... <laughs> well, I played football on the cross for St. Mary's. Hush, hush. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! You should have started with this.
16: This would have been a whole different interview. Wait a minute!
3: <laughs> but I went to all the coaching camps there down at Toso Pavilion with Dick Davy and and um, Carol Williams, and I went to the football. And I, I lived on campus. Would walk over to Togo, so I kind of feel like I had the Clara. Uh, experience but I'm, I'm sure you get asked this question a lot because your whole career um, we people would always talk about how you played basketball with with Steve Nash and yeah. you know look you made the right decision your career 284 hitter it's an amazing stat that after 13 years you hit 284 altogether but did you ever kind of wonder what would happen if you tried hoop? I mean
16: part part of me always wonders the the competitive side of me but you know like you said, the reality is i I made the right decision um, and I, I you know i I would never want to kind of try it again right it was it was hard enough to make it once uh, you know i, I wouldn't want to, to try it again, especially in another sport um i you know I had the opportunity to to be around Steve a lot when we were young for families and kids and like real responsibilities when we were just bigger kids playing a um a sport for a living. And you know, I, I went to lots of practices. You know, spent lots of time in and around the court with um, some really phenomenal players. And you know, the thing that you realize is is how good these guys really are. You know, it, it's one thing when you you watch TV. And um, you know, I was I was at the Warriors game last night with with my daughter, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, Steph makes the game look really easy. Clay Thompson makes the game look really easy, but. You know, when, when you see how fast guys are and the defenders and how they're so close and how just how talented these guys are, um, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to go back and, and try it again as a basketball player. I'm happy with, with the way things out, worked out. And um, I, I kind of got to scratch my basketball itch by being around Steve a lot. And, um, you know, I was, I was very fortunate to go to you know, a lot of shoot arounds and practices and, and meet some really talented players.
3: When the Giants just got Bob Melvin for nothing, people were talking about, well, what's the compensation going to be? And there was a lot of talk when people saying, well, remember, Randy Wynn got traded from the Devil Rays to the Mariners for Lou Pinella? And we were all like, oh, yeah, that's right. What did you think of that when you're like, you're going to Seattle? Who did I get traded for? And it's like the skipper.
16: Yeah, I, there was technically some some players thrown in there, uh, but yeah, like for the most part, I was I was traded for a a non-player, which which gave some fans some really good heckling material. <laughs> uh, but as as a player, you know, Tampa was was just starting out. We had some really lean years. You know, we were losing close to a hundred games, even with some really good, you know, Fred McGriff, Wade Boggs, some guys that are um down in the Hall of Fame, you know, as my teammates as a, as a young player. But I, I went from a, a a fledgling, let's call it that, organization that really hadn't been able to um, to find its grips in the in the AL East when this is like this is dynasty Yankee time, right? Like we were we were up against it. And so going from that situation into Seattle that's coming off the 2001 team that set the American League record for for wins in 2002, they had a, a ridiculous amount, six, seven, all-star, something like that. So a really successful team that was looking to, I even looking, they were expecting to go to the playoffs. So as a player, I honestly didn't care who I got traded for. It was just a great situation to go from a team that was struggling to a team that had its sights set on a championship. So I was less concerned about being traded for a manager than um, looking forward to the opportunity to play in Seattle
3: couple more questions for Randy Wynn. We'll get back to the draft and dine here in a second. But when you got traded to the Giants, and I remember uh, it was um, your Victoria Alba and Jesse Foppert. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. were really rooting for Foppert because he was a USF guy. He was a local guy. But you came in, and you're a local guy too, San Ramon. But you came in and hit like 500. I mean, well, you were like just in a zone. What, what was going on? What was in your Wheaties when you came over?
16: <laughs> I, I was really excited to come home. Um, and it, would, it couldn't have been at a more perfect time for me um, as a professional, as a player. I had a chance to establish myself as a big leaguer. I had already had some success. Um, I had already played at home quite frequently, um, especially being in Seattle and open in our division. You know, I was playing three times a year at home. So by the time I got traded here, it wasn't that extra pressure of playing at home. I got a lot of text messages, emails saying, Hey, welcome home. You know, I'll, I'll catch you later. Like everybody had already come to the games and I had already done the 50, 60 tickets, you know, for people and trying to see family and trying to see high school friends and college friends. I'd already done that. So when I came home, it was very comfortable. Um, it was, it was a bit like literally to be honest because, I was my wife and I just got married. She's also from the Bay Area, so after the game, I would come out, and it would be her, her parents, my parents. My brother was living and working in the city at the time, so it was—I tell you—it's was like literally. Like I had played, and I, you know, you you walk out after the game, and, and and your family's there, and so it was it was great. And the Giants are such a wonderful organization. I'm very fortunate to have played for them, and then also still to be a part of the Giants family. So. So when I got home. I, it was comfortable, and I wanted to, to. You know, whenever you get traded somewhere, you want to show why you you got traded, or or why you belong there. And uh, I started off. I probably put a little bit too much pressure on myself, but then by September, um, I had really found my groove and and relaxed. And um, you know, Barry came back. He had been hurt most of the year, so you know, he injected a little bit of life, especially when we went to Dodger Stadium. It maybe wasn't life, but it was a lot of energy in and around our club, so it was,
3: it was a lot of fun. My uh, cousin Matt was at San Ramon the same time you were. How many times did you try to sneak into Elliot's?
16: <laughs> well, I, you can't tell my business. My, my parents might be listening to this. My, my mom says, wait, you did all this stuff? I said, like, no, Mom. I was always at the library. Uh, you know, good, good old Elliot's still around still yep. around and I, I will be this is actually truthful i didn't go in there until i was like really like a full-fledged adult like it was always you know you, you drive down the main drag it, it's there um, but elliot's just still as it is today it's kind of a, a hole in the wall a sleeper type hangout place
3: no doubt all right draft and dine i said big names and i was not kidding with shack and marshawn and Mullen and Dusty. The list goes on and on. You draft, and then you go to dinner like Morton's or Lamar or Ozumo. Tell us a little bit more. What's going on with this?
16: Yeah, so so I, I think this is a really cool event. As somebody who's participated in a lot of dinners and a lot of events, um, you know, a lot of times you, you show up to the event, and it's in a large space, and, oh yeah, Shaq might be there, but he's way across the room, um, or, or Mully's there, or Dusty, and um this event is really an intimate event. And it's only it's only ten tables. And so, you know, if you come with your group, you get a chance to, to, to bid or draft um your celebrity. So if you choose Shaquille O'Neal, it's you, your seven friends and Shaq at dinner at you mentioned it. Morton's Lamar, One Market, Ozumo, um, Water Bar. Um, Alexander's. We we have some some really cool restaurants, but I think the really cool part is it's going to be intimate. It's like I said, you, your seven friends, and Shaq talking, talking across a meal, and you know it's really an opportunity for to ask questions and you know tell stories and 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 just relate on a on a really cool and small venue.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm looking. I'm going to be attending. I'm looking forward to it, and. I know J.J. Stokes is going to be there. I used to work with J.J. J. He's one of the nicest guys ever, and I was just thinking the last time I saw him was at McGaw's Piano Bar in Danville. <laughs> you
16: have a lot of Danville Hangouts, I'm
3: coming to learn. <laughs> well, I'm an East Bay guy myself, so that's probably yeah. why. Um, before we let you go, how do people find out more about this, Randy?
16: Yeah, so so you can go to uh, to our website. It's out there. It's uh, Medea, C-F-M-E-D-E eacf dot org, and it's under our events tab. You can read read about what uh, what we're doing, some of the organizations we've helped. Because, like I said, the the thing here, and, and it's great, and I'm really happy that you know some of my friends and celebs and peers are are attending this event. That that means a lot to me. But I think the reason that they're doing it, and the reason that I'm doing it, and the reason that it's important to us, is because it's about the kids. And I mean, that sounds a little bit like a tagline, but I I realized what sports did for me, and it's not because I became a Major League Baseball player. You know, confidence, hard work, determination, the things that I use outside of baseball, you know, whether it's in the business world or or broadcasting or or meeting people or being comfortable in new environments. You know, I, I learned how to be comfortable in my own skin playing sports, and it helped me, you know, if you think about a Major League locker room, you have people from from all over the world now you know you have east coast west coast dominican puerto rico japan korea i mean all over the world people with different backgrounds they they talk different languages they look different but what you realize when you get in and around teams is that you're a lot more alike than you are different and you know that's what it's about it's giving that gift to kids and that's why all of these guys the guys that you you mentioned JJ, um, Dan Costa for you know a winemaker, all all of these guys that are that are involved that are coming, Eddie Murray, Orlando Cepeda. Um, it, it's about passing that gift down to younger generations.
3: Great stuff. Draft and Dine supporting MCF. Randy Wynn, hey, good thanks for coming on, man, and I uh, look forward to seeing you next week. All right, thanks. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tuttle. We'll take a quick break and we'll come on back on Sports Player.
1: don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647.
5: Attention homeowners. It's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's home ownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free
1: month. 800-392-7027. 800-392-7027. 392 7027 That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details.
12: You must be crazy. Use a DOG And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: Thank you for that. And um, did not mention where this Draft and Dine event is going to take place, which is probably important. It's at Mission Bay Wine and Cheese. I thought, what the hell is that? And it's part of that whole new area south of Oracle Park. That used to be Skid Row. Now between that and the Warriors Arena... It's amazing what a sports arena and two can do for a community. Um, I didn't bring it up with Randy, but I remember when my uh, buddy was at Santa Clara, he said, the most beautiful girl at the school, her first name is Blessings, plural. I go, that's her name? He goes, yeah, Blessings Robertson. I went, oh, that's Randy Wynn's wife. (laughs) He met her at Santa Clara. So, yeah. I said, hey, I
19: heard your wife's really beautiful. It's
3: kind of dumb in an interview anyway let alone the name blessings it's blessings to be with you how about that we have another two hours together we'll take a quick hard break we'll come on back
20: USA News. I'm Corey Myers. The Israeli military intensifying its efforts to eliminate the presence of Hamas terrorists in the labyrinth of tunnels beneath Gaza City. Israel has announced plans to broaden humanitarian pauses in its offensive, establishing a seven hour humanitarian corridor on Saturday to facilitate the movement of thousands of Palestinians from northern Gaza to the south. Approximately 240 Hamas hostages are still present in Gaza with 10 of them believed to be American. The Gaza Health Ministry, under Hamas control, reports over 11,000 Gazans killed in the conflict without distinguishing between Palestinian civilians and Hamas terrorists. China's president coming to the U.S. this week to meet up with President Joe Biden in the city by the bay.
21: President Biden scheduled to meet with the president of China here in the United States this week. The city chosen for the meeting, San Francisco, where California Governor Democrat Gavin Newsom admits city workers are very busy moving homeless folks off the streets, so the Chinese delegation does not see them or their tents. Drug addicts who shoot up around the clock are also being relocated. I'm Laura Winters.
20: Five U.S. service members were killed Friday evening after their aircraft suffered a mishap and crashed into the eastern Mediterranean Sea. The mishap took place during a routine air refueling mission. That aircraft identified as a Black Hawk helicopter carrying five special op forces. The wave of attacks and intimidation, enough for the Biden administration this week to inform colleges they must unequivocally condemn anti-Semitic and Islamophobic incidents on campus and take aggressive action to curb it. This is USA News. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg facing accusations that he personally rejected proposals to highlight teen mental health on Facebook and Instagram, including shutting down a suggestion to disable Instagram's beauty filters. Critics argue that these face-altering filters contribute to unrealistic body image expectations and harm teens' mental health. That lawsuit also alleges that Meta, under Zuckerberg's direction, exploited the psychology of adolescent brains and set goals to increase user time. No one matched all six numbers to win the Powerball jackpot Saturday night, and no tickets matched all five numbers except for the Powerball, which would have been worth a $1 million payout. The jackpot now climbs to about $235 million for tonight's drawing. Taylor Swift will have the chance to make history again at the 2024 Grammys. She earned her sixth album of the year nomination for midnights tying her with barbara streisand for the most ever by a female artist a win would give her four album of the year wins lifting her above frank sinatra stevie wonder and paul simon for the most of all time The Marvels took the top spot, but wasn't so marvelous as far as money-making at the box office. It only brought in $47 million in its opening weekend. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
1: That's 800-788-1495. Rick Tittle knows his sports.
2: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky
23: T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Thank you so much, and welcome to Hour 2 of Titillating Sports today. Just one guess after the break. Author Lisa McManus' Kitchen Gear is the title. And then we can get into the Raiders at 1025 and the other NFL games as well. (coughs) On uh, Saturday... You know, it's funny how the pandemic has changed my perspective of how far I can run or walk. Like, before the pandemic, to think about walking home from the BART station straight up the hill would have been unfathomable. Now that's nothing. So for the first uh, and only time in my life, I walked to a Cal game, the last Pac-12 game in the history of Berkeley. They played Washington State. Both teams had no defenses. It was very exciting. I didn't stay for the whole thing. I couldn't sit through that. But eh, the stadium was maybe a third full. And uh, two bad teams, but an exciting end. I think it was 42-39 in the end. Something like that. Cal won the last Pac-12 game ever. And uh, the last Pac-12 soccer game was just played over the weekend as well. It's uh, it's amazing how all these things have ended and, uh, it's not like Cal football, it felt like Cal football was going away, but next year it'll be like Clemson and Florida State. I mean, it's going to be exciting. It's just going to be weird and different, right? And as always, my whole life, Cal, no one's there. Maybe one or two games a year outside of the big game, there'll be a big crowd, but it's Berkeley and nobody cares, which is a shame because they put a lot of players in the NFL. Uh, and then I walked home and... It was about if if I run it, it's an hour, and I don't want to get there a sweaty mess. If I walk it, it's about an hour and a half walk. Um, so yeah, I just thought, you know what? What the hell? It's the last Pac-12 game ever, and I didn't use my press credential. I just walked up, and online the tickets were twenty-five bucks. I'm like, well, I'll just walk up and not pay all the fees. I walk up. What's your cheapest ticket? Thirty-two dollars. It's twenty-five online. Yeah, that's not our website. Okay. So I threw in a little extra there for Jason Wilcox to buy a new hat. All right. I'm Rick Tuddle. We got another two hours. Come on back.
0: Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy.
1: That's 800-433-0539. Paid for by Fix My Student Loans. 800-211-6008 800-211-6008 That's 800-211-6008
3: Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. you probably heard of America's Test Kitchen, ATK. Well, we're here to talk about the new book by our guest, Lisa McManus, along with Hannah Crowley. It's called Kitchen Gear, the Ultimate Owner's Manual. Boost your equipment with 500-plus expert tips. Optimize your kitchen with 400-plus recommended tools. And, um, Lisa, welcome to the program. And I can understand all the tips, but over 400 tools. What are the more some of the more bizarre tools you're talking about
19: here?
25: <laughs> well, we have everything that you could possibly want in a kitchen. Um, everything, well, from food processors, knives, spatulas, skillets, cutting boards, but also things like a tomato core or a shrimp, uh, a seafood scissors, you know, We won't recommend anything if it doesn't really work and if it doesn't really do the job for you. But if there's some specialized tools that do a little bit better, a little faster, and a little more easily, we'll recommend those. But mostly we're about function and about your core equipment.
3: What would be maybe the dumbest tool? And I don't want to disparage, but, you know, there are some of these things I go, what the hell is this for? And it's like, well, that's for scraping limes or something. (laughs)
25: Oh, yeah, there's some things out there that we kind of roll our eyes and say, why do you need this? Um, There's a lot of things that will get you out of chopping vegetables, like onions. And honestly, if you have a good sharp knife and a good cutting board, you don't need any of them. And it's so much easier to control the size of the pieces that you get. And you don't have a whole thing with sharp edges to clean later. So, most of those tools that are supposed to be saving you trouble and time with like cutting up onions or other vegetables really don't do the job and are not worth it.
3: So, when you get together and you start counting all the tools and all the tips, do you get to one where you're like, well, we really need to get a nice round number here? Or do you like, no, we're going to be just shy of 500 because this 500th one is not really a good
6: tip? <laughs>
25: We have more than we could even possibly fit into this book, to be honest. You know, we really over I've, – I've done this for 17 years. I've tested kitchen equipment at America's Test Kitchen. Hannah's done it for 13 years. Between us, 30 years of kitchen gear testing experience, hands-on, in the kitchen, working every day, really trying to make the mistakes so other people don't have to, really trying to assess everything in a scientific way. Um, you know, we have lots and lots of information, and this is a good bunch of it um, paper, but we could have kept going.
3: What would be maybe, you know, outside of the tip of don't leave the pan handle sticking out so you bump into it, what's one of your maybe more favorite tips that we really haven't heard that often?
25: Oh, boy. Well, I mean, one of them is it really matters where the oven rack is if you're going to use the oven. You know, don't just throw anything in there at any place, you know, that each recipe really will change. You'll get a different outcome depending if the rack is too high, too low, or just in the right spot. Um, And the other is you really do have to preheat your oven. Do not just put food in and turn it on. (laughs) It takes about 10 minutes to preheat an oven, and you're not going to be getting your food experiencing those extreme cycles that an oven goes through to quickly get to the right temperature. So they'll cycle real hot and then cool down and try to average out to whatever temperature you set. And if you put something in there, especially if you're baking and it's at the very high end or it's at the low end, you're going to ruin the outcome. It's just not going to be as good. So, you know, you do want to just take a minute and Preheat the oven. You know, check your phone for a few minutes. That time will pass. (laughs) Clean up while you go, and you'll find that, you know, when you put the food in and the oven's at the right temperature, it's going to come out better.
3: You talk about, in the book, three essential pieces of equipment we should not be without. Is one of them a spatula?
25: Oh, yeah. I mean, we actually love a bunch of different spatulas for different jobs, but, you know, I tested spatulas, and the— you know, I, I spend weeks figuring out which spatula is the best. Um, and specifically for metal spatulas, we actually chose a fish spatula. And it looks like it kind of fans out in a triangle from the handle and has um, little tines of metal. And then it, you know, it, it basically is very, very thin and sharp edged. So you can get under a delicate filet of fish and turn it over without breaking it. But it's also great for hamburgers or for anything else that you're doing. It's a really nice tool. It's not super long. You get a lot of leverage and control because it's got a shorter handle um, than those ones where you'll have a long, long handle and a little tiny head at the end of it. It um, really gives you great precision, great control, and you're not going to break up your food, and you can lift up the tiniest things. And those things matter. Um, you're not going to have as good a result if you're struggling and if it's too thick and it's breaking up whatever you're cooking.
3: I remember being in England in Dorchester about 20 years ago and I was in the hotel restaurant and I ordered some fish and the guy came out and he said, I'm sorry we can't serve it because the chef has left his fillet knife at home. And I thought, first of all, why do you take your knives home with you and, and why do you need a fillet knife? Why can't you just use any knife? Or you think that stuff does matter?
25: Oh, um, well... You probably know from now that chefs love their own knives, and everyone really bonds with their knife. And if you take a knife, if you're in the store and you're trying different knives, you should do that, by the way. You should take them up. When you get the right one, it's like that Harry Potter wand moment, you know. <laughs> Just suddenly it feels right in your hand. You feel ready. So when you've got your own knife and you love it and you take care of it, you don't want to leave it around the office if you're a chef. You don't have other people use it and knock it around. You're going to take it home. But a good knife, if you have a good knife and you've sharpened it and keep it in good shape, it just cuts beautifully. And you're not going to crush that fish. You're not going to crush that vegetable. You're going to cut it and slice it so all the cell structure is intact. It's beautiful. It's going to taste better. It's not going to be all juiced. You know, When you're cutting onions with a dull knife and all that stuff is spraying in your face, that doesn't happen with a really sharp knife. If your knife fits you and feels comfortable, you're going to enjoy cooking more. And, you know, all of the above means you get a better experience. So it does matter which knife you have. And it does matter um, that you take care of it and that you feel comfortable with it.
3: I'm going to go ahead and guess that you don't like those knife blocks like you can get at a Sears or a TJ Maxx, do you?
25: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I tested those. And I'll be honest, you know, anytime when you're getting something like a set, a knife set, you think, oh, well, someone wiser than me chose these. Not necessarily. They're choosing it to get a lot of knives at a low price that they can say, oh, you know, 12 knives for $129 or $49.99 or whatever. So you're often getting things like bread knives that are eight inches long. I don't know about you, but I love a big artisan loaf of bread, and we use this little dinky bread knife, and it gets in there, and it can get out, and you're getting this ragged slice, and it's a mess. So we like a bread knife that's at least 10 inches long. We have tested bread knives across all categories. Not every brand makes the best knife in every category. So our favorite knife set is a la carte. It's each knife in its own, maybe different brands, but they're the best of its type, and those knife blocks, I don't know, it's like reverse whack-a-mole. You're pulling them out trying to find the one you need. <laughs> and those slots get dirty, and they're dulling your knife. I mean, there's so many things wrong with that picture. You're not getting the best knives. You're getting a lot of filler, and you're not, you're not going to have a good experience. So only buy the pieces you need. We say like three basic knives to get you started. A good chef knife is eight inches a paring knife for that little detail work, and a good serrated knife. And like I said, something at least 10 inches long, so you can cut anything without fear.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I love that serrated knife from a big loaf of sourdough stuff. You need to pick up the book. It is called Kitchen Gear, the Ultimate Owner's Manual. Boost your equipment with 500-plus expert tips. Optimize your kitchen with 400-plus recommended tools by our guest co-author, Lisa McManus from America's Test Kitchen. Lisa, congratulations on the book, and thank you for stopping by.
25: Thank you
3: so much. All right. Good stuff. And when we come back, um, we will have some open lines to talk about the Raiders. And at 1040, I have to mention we're going to have Taika Taika Ytt, Oscar winner, and uh, the man behind what is going to be the number one movie in America coming out on Friday. Come on back.
10: Some published authors are making significant money, so join the ranks of the successful people that finish their books with help from Dorrance Publishing. Call right now, and our experienced editors and writers will explain to you what it's going to take to get your book completely written, published, and then taken to market to sell it. It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now.
1: 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003.
23: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter...
12: Cares about anything else when you've got Rick Tittle on the radio.
3: Thank you for that. Coming up in the next segment, Taika Ytt, and talking about his new movie, Next Goal Wins, which is going to be a huge hit. And I got to see an advanced screening of it. Let's talk about football. And we'll talk about. I only have this segment, I guess, to talk football today. Uh, so I'll talk about my team, Raiders. First of all, just. Tragic, terrible story about uh, not just DJ Hayden dying in a car accident, but six people all together from a drunk driver. That's just unholy carnage. And so, <clears throat> really, really sad story. I went to his press conference when he was revealed, and we all got to talk to him. and He was just this skinny guy, and he had barely survived a hit that separated an artery from his heart. And, you know, the Terrible, awful irony was that the emergency room nurses thought he had been in a car accident and they all thought he had no chance. And Reggie McKenzie selected him, what, fourth overall? He said, I would have selected him first overall. That's how much he loved him. But just a terrible story. But the Raiders now, after they have fired uh, Josh McDaniel, they've won those two games from three and five to five and five, playing a Jets team that had it right there for him. And um, I'll give credit to Zach Wilson, who wasn't horrifying. His pass that Robert Spillane jumped should have been the difference in the game. That should have been the end of the game. It was a minute 14 left. The Raiders could only take 20 seconds off the clock, punt it right back to him. And Zach Wilson leads his team down the field. I don't know what the hell – uh, Robert Solid did not call a timeout and they wasted 20 seconds when they got a ball down the field. But anyway, there were two last Hail Mary chances. One of them was out of bounds on the last play of the game with five seconds left, with the Raiders leading by four, there was not going to be any overtime unless they were going to get two safeties in five seconds on the Raiders. <laughs> so the last play of the game, Max Crosby has him. No, he doesn't. And then running, to his left, he twists his body back and he throws a beautiful pass that was going right into the hands of Garrett Wilson. But the tight end, Conklin, put his hand up and knocked it out of his hands because, you know, in Conklin's mind, he doesn't know. There's just a big pile of eight, nine guys right there jumping. So he's in, in his defense, he's like, I got to try to catch this ball. And all what he did was, and they didn't talk about it on the broadcast, but you could see it was that Conklin knocked the ball away from Wilson, who was probably going to catch it. And it would have been in the annals of the Raiders, yet another horrific play. But that's how the Raiders beat the Jets in New York a couple of years ago. The only highlight I can think of for Henry Ruggs, who's now in jail for killing someone and her dog in a car wreck, um. And I can also say that Aiden O'Connell is not that good. Now, everyone was saying, you know, oh, every quarterback looks bad against that Jets defense. You know, from Josh uh, Buttface to Patrick Mahomes to, uh, I'm like, yeah, but there's just something about that Officer Farva high school sophomore mustache. The Raiders have to draft somebody. (laughs) Or put in Jimmy G. You know, it's just... It seems dumb to commit to a guy like, but whatever. I mean, I guess they're finding out what can happen. Um, You know, he the touchdown pass he threw to Michael Mayer was ended up being a good ball and ended up looking like Joe Montana. The catch to Clark, right? Dwight Clark over Everson Walls for all eternity. It was a great catch by Meyer. If you went to Notre Dame and you're a tight end for the Raiders and you're wearing also number eighty-seven. You better have some Casper-like hands or at least try. He went up and got it. Um, I thought it was a – I don't think that's what O'Connell was trying to do. The reason I'm not a big fan of his is that so many times he's just like, please don't hurt me, and he'll just throw it. And he threw – Devontae Adams made two amazing catches. One, he jumped way high. Another one he caught literally with one hand, these sticky gloves they have now. Um, So I'll give O'Connell credit. He wasn't horrible, but he only connected on 16 passes for 150 yards that touchdown and uh, a bad interception uh, as well. So um, he threw a couple in some tight windows. Like I said, I give him some credit. I'm just not sold on him. And you know, I'm a tough crowd. This is a rookie being thrown into Sunday Night Football against an amazing defense. And, you know, what do you want? And what the Raiders wanted was they wanted, I guess, Josh Jacobs to touch the ball on every carry. Josh Jacobs would, uh, he finally got 116 yards. He ended his 100-yard dry spell. But time and time again, they would give him the ball. They gave him the ball on six straight carries. And and I understand, you know, like, okay, we're running downhill, we're running downhill, but let let him get a breather. <laughs> Put in Zamir White or whatever his name is. I mean, give him a little bit of a breather there. Um, so, uh, also, the Jets, uh, I think the, the Raiders pressured Zach Wilson, maybe, I got they got one sack from Malcolm Koontz, and I think that was it. You know that they handled. I'll give them credit. They handled Max Crosby, and why wouldn't you? He's the only good defensive player on the whole team. They they wanted to make sure that Crosby didn't feast on them. And sometimes even with you know these guys filling in, they were doing a great job. So I'm like, oh my gosh, the Jets have an amazing defense. They give a lot of pass protection. Maybe not that great as a run uh, running offensive line in the rushing game. But they give. I mean, Zach Wilson standing back there forever, and he's he's not an idiot. He was an All-American. He's got a he's got a beautiful arm, and I don't care how baby-faced he is. If you give him all the time in the world, he'll start slicing and dicing. It's just that the Jets are the Jets. What does that mean? Well, it means they haven't scored a touchdown in 36 straight drives, is what it is, and this. Was a game. If you were not a Jets or a Raiders fan, I'm sorry if you watched it because (laughs) it it was nine to six at halftime, and it was five field goals, and then it was nine to nine going into the fourth quarter. It was six field goals, and then that one solitary touchdown. But you know, it. Listen, the Raiders are five and five, right? And the Jets are now four and five. So you think about, you know, it, are they alive? Do they have a chance? Well, yeah, if you're five and five, you have a chance. The Raiders are in second place in the West because the Chargers can't get out of their own way. Um, and so you look at the other wild cards right now Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Houston. Do you see what CJ Stroud did yet again? It's absolutely amazing how good that guy is. The other thing is he says he tries to talk to his dad as much as he can. C.J. Stroud's dad is serving a 38-year prison sentence. Now, I didn't even look up what he did, what he was accused to do, what he got convicted of, why he's in. But the old don't do the crime if you can't do the time, I mean, you think about just the dichotomy of being able to brag To everybody, hey, my son is C.J. Stroud, uh, and you don't get to enjoy any of that outside of saying, how'd the game go? Great. I threw for another 400 yards. I'm breaking all sorts of records here. My team has actually got a winning record. Oh, cool. Well, I'll be in here for the next 38 years. Sounds good. Uh, So, listen, we can get into more of the NFL talk uh, mañana as well. And some of the surprises that we had, like Cleveland winning in Baltimore. What? Yeah, Cleveland winning in Baltimore. Uh, maybe the greatest coaching job of the last 100 years with um, what's going on <laughs> in Minnesota right now. You lose Jefferson and you lose Cousins. And you keep rolling. Um we can talk about Arizona finally getting a win again. Uh, but And then the Niners. On Friday, I said I was 8-0 and with my Jaguar picks. Every time I picked them to lose, they lost. Every time I picked them to win, they win. And uh, I picked them to beat the Niners, and the Niners destroyed them in Jacksonville. All they could get was a solitary field goal. And what that is, is that's just a month of frustration from San Francisco finally being unleashed on a good team at their building uh, as well. All right, um, we will take a quick break and we will come back with the highly hilarious and talented Taika Waititi. He has a new movie, and we'll talk about that next, right here on Sports Violence. <laughs>
4: What brings you to the clinic today?
2: Oh, the baby's not feeling well. I think she might have a fever.
4: Ah, well, let's check her temp with the Exergen thermometer. You're right. These Exergen thermometers are very accurate. Reads 101.2.
22: Oh, gosh. Well, that Exergen thermometer sure is fast and easy
19: to use.
4: Yes, and many doctors recommend Exergen for home use. Exergen
19: thermometers, backed by over 100 clinical studies, are available at Walmart and participating retailers. Learn more at exergen.com.
1: That's 800-760-1845.
21: We all love children, and many of us have an old car, truck, or van in the driveway. Find the Children has a great way for you to put your unwanted vehicle to good use. Keep listening every year thousands of kids go missing. Trust me, it's a parent's worst nightmare. When a child goes missing every moment counts. And you need all of the help you can get. Find the Children is a nonprofit organization dedicated to locating missing children and bringing them home safely. You can help support their mission by donating your car, truck, van, or SUV. A towing company will come and pick up your car for free, running or not. And the donation of your car is tax deductible. Your help is providing the funds they need to continue their services. Call now. Donate your old vehicle to find the children and get free pickup. Here's the number.
1: 800-670-7830. 800-670-7830. 800-670-7830. That's 800-670-7830.
19: This year, Staples wants everyone to have a happy deal. That's right, holla deal Staples holiday deals are amazing savings on hot holiday tech. Great prices on laptops, game systems, earbuds, and more. And now at Staples, you can save up to $350 on select PCs. During Staples holiday deals it's not about the fa-la-la. It's about saving moolala. Save up to $350 on select PCs today at Staples. It's 1118 in-store only. See associate for details.
4: It doesn't really matter. I I don't like my job and uh, I don't think I'm gonna go anymore.
12: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Welcome back to Sports Byline USA. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome Oscar-winning filmmaker Taika Waititi. He has a brand new movie from Searchlight Pictures coming out on Friday called Next Goal Wins. Taika, I got to see an advanced screening of this. This is uh, such a fun movie. I'm a, I'm a huge soccer fan. This is a story story. Uh, Of course, about America Samoa getting beat by Australia thirty-one nothing and turning to Thomas Rangan to try to turn it around. Did you see the documentary and have an idea to do this? What was the genesis of the project?
26: Yeah, I watched the documentary in two thousand fifteen, and I was just just floored by how great the story was, and it was a true. I couldn't believe it was a true story, and just you know, I love a good underdog sports uh, story, and and just i've never heard of the story before like the fact that they got beaten by australia 31 nil that's like a goal every three minutes so it's crazy like you know that you could have that score and that's the biggest uh, international loss you know in, in in history and they still hold that record then they get in this coach who you know kind of wanted the job and turned up to the to the island and and turns the team around. And it's like just that classic story that kind of like cool Runnings, but with soccer. And it was, that's what drew me to it, it was this idea of like, oh, great, I can see Pacific Islanders on screen. And, you know, I'd uh, always wanted to make a sports film. So, you know, I thought that was, th- those are the ingredients that just drew me in. Also, I felt like, you know, because it was a documentary and the story was so good, it was, would have been very easy for me to make.
3: Yes, that's true, too. I had uh, Thomas Rongan on my show. Last week, and um, you know he's just such a super nice guy. But he said, "Yeah, Taika told me he goes. I'm gonna need you to be a little bit meaner in this movie than real life."
26: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he's a sweetheart in real life. He's real. But uh, you know, when you're making a film, again. If you want the real, real, real story, just watch the documentary. But you know, I've like embellished a few things, and like you've got to have villains, and you've got to have conflict and stories. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, it's like no one wants to see a film about a team who wins all the time, who then wins again. Um, so you know, you've got to you, you've got to like build this up, and like yeah, you know, I've kind of like tycofied this this story a bit. But um, you know, the elements <laughs> are still there. And there's still a lot of all the all the all the all the things that actually happened are still in the film. Did you say taquify? I like that. No, Taquify, I'm taquifying <laughs> this interview right now. <laughs> I feel the influence. Right now, yeah.
3: <laughs> um, I was a uh, pre and post game host for the Oakland Raiders, and they had a guy named Shalom Luani, and um, so I knew that you know he had scored a goal, and then I brought that up with Thomas, and he was just like, "Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned him. I saw him at a." at a football game and, and it, it really was when you think about uh, Pacific Islanders when it comes to you know rugby and American football, those come first. So you really yeah. had to like you know you it's... really had to, yeah.
26: had to have to have to they really had to have loved the game to go and play that because it's you know it was not by no means you know that well supported on the island. And so for them, like you know, they had to be passionate about soccer to go and you know, to be in that team. Otherwise, why not go and play football or rugby or whatever? Um, you know, I come from New Zealand as a, a rugby mad nation. And that's, you know, probably my favorite sport in the world. And um, you know it was, soccer was just not a thing that we really were encouraged to play growing up. But now having made this film, I've got such a newfound appreciation for just the skill, complexity of the game, the patience that people have in the game. Like rugby is just wall to wall, just, you know, you're just trying to get through. And soccer is like trying to figure out the next move. And it's like, you know, it's all calculated. And it's, a, it's really fascinating to watch um, soccer. It's a fantastic game.
3: No doubt about it. And I'm sure watching the World Cup final recently and ascending off, was the whole nation on pins and needles, all you Kiwis?
26: I was at the game in Paris. Wow. And I was, I just gone, I'd gone to every game um, uh, you know, in the last sort of month leading up to that. And look, you know, it happens all the time with South Africa and with Australia, with England and France, you know, the, those particular teams, Ireland is now who are, who are really good. You just never know what's going to happen. I think what's great about that is it's really good for the game. And it's, you know, again, you kind of get bored. bored but, you know, there was a period of time there where we just couldn't lose. And even I felt like, man, we just, where's the tension? So um, now it's like, you know, it's anyone's game and it makes it really, really exciting to watch. You know, it's interesting because that's the
3: first time I saw, I guess, the haka, the Maori, yeah. um, and and that uh, America Samoa—they have their own kind of version of it too. Huh?
26: Yeah, every island, every culture in, in the different islands has their own uh, version of a of a haka. Yeah, and a lot of people think, oh, you know, they other always just quick to label it as a war dance. Mm-hmm. It was used in in wars, but it's also used to honor people. You know, a lot of graduations and weddings and things like that. It's always, you know, it's always. Um, performed to basically to honor the other team or to you know to lay down a challenge but also to as a sign of respect and um yeah, yeah so it's a really great part that a great thing that's unique to our cultures
3: so many great characters in this film all based on real people and you really could say this movie is that the main character is really jaya and what an, an incredible job the the actress uh, did there, and a, a person transitioning, and um, you know, it's
26: just uh, it, it, it's just like another side to this story here. Yeah, and, yeah. To have also to find uh, someone who's someone who identifies as um, as trans, just transitioned, and who can play soccer. You know, those were the three key elements. Those were the, those were the requirements to play this real life character who was Samoan, trans, and um, could play soccer. That was a very big ask, and we managed to find Kai Mana, who plays um, who plays the character, and she just hit it out of the park.
3: I'm a huge um, Night of the uh, Flight of the Concords and a uh, fan, and I've seen Brett or Jermaine in, in person perform, and I know that you know you did uh, you've worked with Jermaine, but in that show, Reese Darby, so hilarious, and I was really happy to see him in this movie.
26: Yeah, I try and slip Reese into everything I do. Most of the stuff he's he's been in. Um there are a few little kind of just the players that I'm always um I'm always working with and Reese is one of them. He's on definitely one of the funniest people I've ever met and joy to work with.
3: And you have a very funny part in this as well. I I want to say a priest, but uh, very interesting yeah. facial hair and glasses and a, a goofy look. That must have, must have been very fun to play that it part. It was
26: fun to do. I always put myself in my films just because it's just a fun thing to do. It also reminds me just to not take things too seriously. You know, this is a great job. I I have you know directing films and making up these stories and filming stuff and super fun. And I just have to remind myself about that sometimes not to, not to stress too much. And it's like, and I think the film is about that as well. So just let go. You can't, you don't have to control everything in your life. Try and let go, take some time to enjoy the sun, smell the flowers and be happy.
3: I think about all the different, because I think of you, I think of comedy, but I think, you know, the Mandalorian and some of the other things that you've done as well do you sometimes, because I'm sure you're overwhelmed with scripts and projects now? Do you have to sort of take a step back and think, like, what do I want to do next here?
26: I do, and I think this year in particular, because like the guilds went on strike for a long time, mm-hmm. that was a nice, a nice uh, opportunity just to, just to stop and take stock and think about you know what I, I want to do yeah how. You know, how whether or not I really, really love projects enough to do them now. So and that's the thing where I say yes to everything and be overworked and overloaded. And now I'm just trying to just take a slow down a bit. And yeah, it's, it's it. sometimes you having enforced breaks is exactly what you need to remind yourself that family is more important than work. And there's a lot more there are a lot of other things, your health, your mental well being, a lot of other things out there are way more important than you know
3: they are working yourself to death. Mhm. And uh you know writing and directing JoJo Rabbit which was such an amazing movie and the thing I liked about that movie too is we're we're so on pins and needles nowadays it's like oh you you can't mention Hitler's name much much, much less you know lampoon him or something and it's like no this is this is my movie and I'm going to make it the way I want to and I I admire that you yeah. did it.
26: Yeah and it's also like you know the, the I think the message behind the film is um you know is pretty clear don't be a nazi and um and but you know I think more and more you need to, to to reframe the messages in films about you know especially about things like the holocaust you know in ways that that become more accessible to different audiences you know you can't just always have films that are super depressing you've got to somehow Draw the audience in with some more entertainment stuff, or more of a fantasy kind of character, like this Hitler character I played, or um, and even humor. Humor is a great way of just sort of just lightening the the moment and creating a bit more balance in these stories. And I will always use humor and drama in that sort of strange little mixed up way.
3: Mm-hmm. Last question for you: um, With this movie coming out now, it's going to be such a, a a big hit. It's a it's a very very good movie, and I would imagine that the people in America, Samoa, must be over the moon. What's the reaction like from the citizenry there?
26: I was really happy um, and honored to be able to take the film to American Samoa before anyone else in the world watched it and play it for the local cinema there, for the locals, and for the people there. And so they got to see it, and to see themselves on screen and to see their story. And... Yeah, and uh, there's something just so special about being able to do that, and especially being able to kind of like take it back home and say like, hey, this is what I've you know, I've made, and like you know I, I hope you like it. And what a relief they you know, they really liked it. So like, that's, <laughs> it was one of the things I was I was pretty stressed out. Oh, man, this is, what this could be a disaster. What if I never get off this island? Uh, but um, they uh, yeah they loved it and they've been very supportive. It's
3: very heartwarming. It's called Next Goal Wins. Only in theaters on Friday from Searchlight Pictures. Another great film by the Oscar and Grammy winner Taika Ytt. Thank you so much for coming on, Taika. I really appreciate it.
26: I appreciate you. Thank you, man.
3: All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we will come on back on Sports Byline.
1: Airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647.
5: Attention homeowners. It's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's home ownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-392-7027. 800-392-7027.
1: 392 7027 That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. pricing information 800 915 9654 800 915 9654 800 915 9654 that's 800 915 9654
14: well I might as well tell you now you lot may all be internationals
26: and have won all the domestic honors there are to win under Don Revy But as far as I'm concerned, the first thing you can do for me is to chuck all your medals and all your caps and all your pots and all your pans into the biggest flipping dustbin you can find. Because you've never won any of them fairly. You've done it all by
0: blummin' cheating.
12: Rick Tittle was selected at random from the phone book to host this
3: show. All right, a couple minutes left in hour number two of three. Got a full slate coming up here in the third hour. The Steelers beat the Packers at Heinz Field, Acresher Stadium, whatevs, 23-19, Pittsburgh 6-3. and three. That's just how Mike Tomlin rolls. Kenny Pickett did nothing in that game, good or bad. Through for 126 yards, no picks, no TDs. But I bring it up. <clears throat> because you know, sometimes there's an emergency, somebody might have a heart attack or there might be a fight and you need to call an ambulance. That game in Pittsburgh, how many times was an ambulance called during the game? Not one, not two, not three, 15 times, 15 separate calls to 911 for an ambulance. And so the press, um there's a story on WPXI in Pittsburgh they're like what happened and they're like well there were heart attacks some were just chest pains some people were cut some people fainted some people fell down some people were drunk <laughs> my goodness gracious <laughs> 15 calls um seems like a lot <clears throat> Um, there's no doubt that it <laughs> it seems like a lot. Um, another thing uh, to uh, mention uh, as well um, with uh, my rate is, is that they were talking about how Antonio Pierce might get the full-time job. I, I think Antonio Pierce needed to buy a ticket. He was just basically a spectator. But if the team wins, then you get credit. You know, it's just like the economy. The president might have anything to do with it, but if the economy is good, everybody loves the president. If the economy is bad, everybody hates the president. It's just the way it is. And so when they kept saying, well, you know, he might, he has full chance to get the full time job. If the Raiders make the playoffs, if he takes over a three and five team and they make the playoffs, I'm all for it because I told everybody Rich Bisaccia is like hiring the hot dog vendor. That was my dad's line when Jeff Newman got hired by the A's. He said, "You might as well have gotten the hot dog vendor." That would be offensive somehow nowadays, right? Um, but they got McDaniel's. I'm like, "Oh no, i don't want McDaniel's," but it's you know, it's better than Ritz Pasachek, 80-year-old special teams coach. Well, um, I'm off that high horse now. If Antonio Pierce, with no experience and a checkered background <laughs> as far as coaching, just ask everybody in Tempe. Or as people from outside Arizona call it, Tempe. Um, then I'm all for it. You get the team to the playoffs, you can have it. You know, it's just uh, these other guys. I mean, they're paying all that money. Think about Jimbo Fisher got fired by Texas A&M. You know how much they're going to pay him? Seventy-seven million dollars to walk away from College Station. $77 million. You thought Mel Tucker got a lot. All right, I'm Rick to We got another hour. Come on back.
20: USA News. I'm Corey Myers. The Israeli military intensifying its efforts to eliminate the presence of Hamas terrorists in the labyrinth of tunnels beneath Gaza City. Israel has announced plans to broaden humanitarian pauses in its offensive, establishing a seven hour humanitarian corridor on Saturday to facilitate the movement of thousands of Palestinians from northern Gaza to the south. Approximately 240 Hamas hostages are still present in Gaza with 10 of them believed to be American. The Gaza Health Ministry, under Hamas control, reports over 11,000 Gazans killed in the conflict without distinguishing between Palestinian civilians and Hamas terrorists. China's president coming to the U.S. this week to meet up with President Joe Biden in the city by the bay.
21: President Biden scheduled to meet with the president of China here in the United States this week. The city chosen for the meeting, San Francisco, where California Governor Democrat Gavin Newsom admits city workers are very busy moving homeless folks off the streets, so the Chinese delegation does not see them or their tents. Drug addicts who shoot up around the clock are also being relocated. I'm Laura Winters.
20: Five U.S. service members were killed Friday evening after their aircraft suffered a mishap and crashed into the eastern Mediterranean Sea. The mishap took place during a routine air refueling mission. That aircraft identified as a Black Hawk helicopter carrying five special op forces. The wave of attacks and intimidation enough for the Biden administration this week to inform colleges they must unequivocally condemn anti-Semitic and Islamophobic incidents on campus and take aggressive action to curb it. This is USA News. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg facing accusations that he personally rejected proposals to highlight teen mental health on Facebook and Instagram, including shutting down a suggestion to disable Instagram's beauty filters. Critics argue that these face-altering filters contribute to unrealistic body image expectations and harm teens' mental health. That lawsuit also alleges that Meta, under Zuckerberg's direction, exploited the psychology of adolescent brains and set goals to increase user time. No one matched all six numbers to win the Powerball jackpot Saturday night, and no tickets matched all five numbers except for the Powerball, which would have been worth a $1 million payout. The jackpot now climbs to about $235 million for tonight's drawing. Taylor Swift will have the chance to make history again at the 2024 Grammys. She earned her sixth album of the year nomination for midnights tying her with barbara streisand for the most ever by a female artist a win would give her four album of the year wins lifting her above frank sinatra stevie wonder and paul simon for the most of all time The Marvels took the top spot, but wasn't so marvelous as far as money-making at the box office. It only brought in $47 million in its opening weekend. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
1: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline.
27: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
2: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky
23: T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the program. Got JD Sharp coming up on the other side, then filmmaker Jay Arnold, and then Dwayne and Chad Ollinger of Blind Frog Ranch. You know, when I was uh, watching Jaden Daniels at Arizona State, I'm a Sun Devil fan, and Jaden Daniels always bugged me. He always seemed kind of lethargic, and he was so skinny. He had these little teeny toothpick legs and But he was a high blue chip recruit coming out of high school. And, you know, he had his moments. But when he announced he was transferring to LSU, my first thought was, you still have eligibility. And my second thought was, good. Well, (laughs) Jim Daniels might be at the Downtown Athletic Club of being the final three. An amazing game for LSU on Saturday. But he is now the second player in FBS history to get 10,000 passing yards and 3,000 rushing yards. That's what he has amassed at Arizona State and Louisiana State. So who's the other quarterback that had 10,000 yards and 3,000 yards rushing? Was it Tim Tebow? No. Was it Michael Vick? No. Vince Young? No. He's the kid out of Turlock, California, playing up in Washoe County, Nevada. That's right. Mr. Colin Kaepernick was the other one. So... Um, I, I got to give it up to Jaden Daniels. That's an amazing accomplishment. It really, really is an amazing accomplishment. And it's like, you think I'm lethargic? Take that Rick Tittle. <laughs> I st- still, I don't know I just kind of, this wasn't a big fan of his and I hope the Raiders don't draft him, but they will now. Right. All right, we have uh, another hour to go, and um, if someone doesn't show up, I'd like to talk sports with you. We will talk some sports with uh, J.D. Sharp. We'll take a look at the NFL weekend, which I haven't been able to go over very much outside of really just the the Raider game. But uh, feel free to chime in if you do have time at 1-800-878-PLAY. We are around the world on the American Forces Radio Network, and we're quite pleased to be on uh, AFN with a lot of pride and poise. Raiders, come on back.
1: That's 800-867-6917.
11: Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt,
1: That's 800-943-2153.
5: This is J.D. Sharp. I've been developing a revolutionary sports handicapping
28: service, and you can be a part of the beta. Sign up at BetUS.com with a deposit of as little as $50 and use the promo code SHARPBETTING. Email a screenshot of your account to WorldwideSharp at gmail.com and i'll reply personally with my plays my nfl record this season was an industry best 72 and 33 and this is the only way to know all my plays the moment i make them let's keep making money together
7: titillating sports with rick tittle rick tittle is a genius the best show ever he's so wonderful genius best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is so handsome. He's a genius. Coming up next, Rick Tittle.
3: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. And... (laughs) We are quite pleased to bring in at 11:12 one of our friends from ProWagering and ProWagering.com, and we have our good friend with us. It is J.D. Sharp. J.D., first of all, um, a very close game in uh, Las Vegas last night with the Raiders and the Jets, and it was, uh, if you weren't a fan of this, either of those two teams, it probably wasn't very uh, compelling. It was just a bunch of field goals, and in the end, there was a Hail Mary that the tight end, uh, knock Conklin, knocked out of Garrett Wilson's hands. Otherwise, the Jets would have won that game. I was just wondering, was Conklin on the take? Your thoughts?
28: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, he played pretty tough before that. I mean, he caught some. He caught some pretty difficult balls before that.
8: Oh mm-hmm. yeah, he did.
28: He, he did. Knock it out of Garrett Wilson's hands. I think we all saw that. Wilson. I don't know if Wilson would have caught it. I mean, he came flying through there. He may have caught it. I don't know. it's uh, More likely he would have caught it if Conklin wasn't there, obviously. But they could have called it for pass interference. I mean, you never know. That's such a weird game. But no, to answer your question, I do not believe that Tyler Conklin is on the take or wasn't the take in that game.
3: And last week you said something interesting, and he kind of uh, you know, uh, supported your case again. About maybe C.J. Stroud being a candidate for MVP, the only other time – well, the only time we've had a Rookie of the Year be MVP was Jim Brown in 1957. But he had another amazing performance to beat the Bengals of all teams, and his uh, passing yards are the third most ever – For the first nine starts, only Herbert and Luck had more. He's thrown 15 TDs, which is four off the lead. He has the best TD interception ratio, just two picks. He has the most passing yards this season, 470 in a game. He had the most touchdown passes in a game this year, five. But more importantly, his team has a winning record, and there aren't really any standout candidates right now. You don't just say, well, it's Mahomes or it's Lamar Jackson or it's Burrow or it's Hurts. I don't know. What do you think?
28: I mean, yeah. I mean, I I made a I put down some money on him at two fifty to one. Honestly, so I feel pretty I feel pretty good about things. But yeah, no, we talked about we talked about Stroud when we were going through the analysis of the quarterbacks last year, and I said I think Stroud's got I think he's one of the best prospects I've seen in a, in a decade or so. I mean, he's got the size, he's got the arm. Think about Stroud that he didn't get enough credit for. He absolutely annihilated. Picked apart that really good Georgia defense last year. I think he went for like 520 and five touchdowns. But, yeah, he had weapons. He had Harrison, obviously. He had Aguka. He had all those different wide receivers. But he's just that good. He's he's a really, really good player. He's he's mature beyond his years. He's what, like 21, 22. He's got the thing with his dad who's incarcerated. So he's got the strong relationship with God. He's, he's He's just kind of a different quarterback that we haven't seen in quite some time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so you talk about the metrics, though, those are legit. Yeah. He's 30-1 to 1 now to win, to win the MVP. He's got 15 TDs, two picks. Uh, obviously, he's performed well in big games. And, and the thing about the Texans is they don't really have that much talent, but they have enough talent. Nico Collins is a talented guy. He was a five-star coming out of high school. Dalton Schultz played well for the Cowboys last year. Tank Dell was very good at Houston. Robert Woods has played well wherever he's been. So, I mean, they do have a little bit of talent. They just added Devin Singletary, which helped out quite a bit. They've got Lar- Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Who is uh, extremely extremely talented? There probably the most talented left tackle outside maybe Trent Williams in the NFL. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that Stroud has a very legitimate chance to win MVP this year. And if it's not him, uh, it could be a defensive player. It could be. Uh, I mean, Joe Burrow played pretty well, so I think he's still in, in contentions there. It could be. It could be Christian McCaffrey who played very well, also didn't score a touchdown, but he's got the he's got the numbers to back it up. But you're right. There, there really is no no standout. I think that two without uh, Tyreek is is not as. I think that Tyreek helps him tremendously. Now he will play pretty well probably against the Raiders this weekend, which will help his case. But as of right now, C.J. Stroud, even at 30 to one, I think that's probably too high. He should be probably 12. 12, 13 to 1. So even now, I think there is some value in CJ Stroud at MVP because the average person just doesn't believe that they're going to give it to a rookie. But if he keeps winning games and he does have the weapons to do so and the defense is getting better, that just got Derek Stingley back. Uh, and then, I mean, if this team makes the playoffs and, and they win 10, 11 games and he, and he ends up number two or three in passing, number two in touchdowns as a rookie and only has five or six interceptions on the year. I think there's a pretty, I would say over a 60% chance that under those circumstances, C.J. Stroud is the NFL MVP.
3: Yeah, last time a uh, non-playoff team had MVP was the Juice back in 73 in Buffalo. So it is probably important that they do in the playoffs. But yeah, you mentioned his dad has a 38-year prison sentence, so he's missing out on all the fun. All right. Um, In the NFC, when you look at Philadelphia, you'd probably say they are the class. But after that, who is the biggest threat to keep Philadelphia from the Super Bowl? Is it Detroit, the Niners, Seattle, and upstart Minnesota with uh, scotch tape held together? What do you think? It's the Niners.
26: It, it,
28: it's the Niners by a lot. Uh, the, the Niners are an, an incredibly good team when they're healthy. And they just added Chase Young. They've got Bosa and Young now on that D-line, mm-hmm. along with everyone Christ else they God. have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when, when the Niners have a healthy Trent Williams and a healthy uh, Tebow Samuel, and obviously Kittle, and McCaffrey, and Iuke, and Jennings. I mean, when they have all their weapons and they're all healthy, they're probably the best team in the NFL. Better than the Ravens, better than the Chiefs, better than the Eagles, better than anyone. That being said, you mentioned the Lions. The Lions' D has really disappointed me, honestly, in the last couple of weeks. Um, And so I'm going to make a prediction right now. I think the Chicago Bears are going to beat the Lions outright this weekend. I think the Bears win that game in Detroit. Um, also, yeah, the upstart Vikings. Again, I mentioned Dobbs. Dobbs is a really smart guy. He graduated with a, an engineering degree, I think, just recently. He played really well at, at Arizona. He had a 66% completion percentage. He's very active with his legs now. That puts him in harm's way at some times, but you know, in that game that the Vikings played against the Saints, I mean, there was a lot. Of, I watched that game. And there were some very interesting catches that were made by Addison and Hawkinson and plays that Dobbs made that he'll never that, that you make one time in your career. So, I mean, the chance of him making those same plays next week against the Broncos is very, very low. That being said, if they get back Jefferson and they've got Hawkinson and they've got Addison and they've got Jefferson, then I, I think – and that defense is actually pretty good against the run, by the way. And I think there's a real chance that the Vikings could be a playoff team. It could be a contender as well. But if you've got a healthy Niners team and they stay healthy – they're not being beaten, and, and and by and by not being beaten, I mean they're winning the Super Bowl. That being said, uh, the Cowboys, Dak's been playing really well too, and maybe you have to consider him for the MVP because he's got what seventeen or eighteen touchdowns and only five interceptions, and he's got you know he's 72 percent completion percentage. They're obviously going to make the playoffs as well. So yeah, but I look at the NFC: Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Lions, maybe maybe Seahawks, but besides that, that that's really all I see.
3: Last question for you. We just have a minute. Worst team in the AFC is the Patriots, and you would think Belichick would get a pass, but maybe not. It's been a few years now. They haven't been able to rebuild. Do you move on from the old guy, or would that be suicide to do that?
28: There's no way. There's no way that they're going to move on from Bill Belichick. They've got a ton of injuries at wide receiver. Kendrick Bourne, their top wide receiver, is out on IR right now. Devontae Parker didn't play. Uh, they, they finally played Kayshawn, but That offensive line is not doing Mac Jones any favors. Yeah, he had a he had a very bad pass at the end of that game, but he was fifteen for twenty on the game itself. The defense, Christian Gonzalez, their first round pick, he went down with an injury. They, they've just they've dealt with a lot of adversity. Adversity, and it's possible that the adversity that they're dealing with right now, for whatever reason, in the last twenty years, Belichick didn't have to deal with. Kind of like me with the NFL season. I have lost so many games this year, where. And, I, and a lot of them are totals. I bet a lot of primetime overs, and every single I think prime time overs right now are seven and twenty-five. You are you have a twenty-two percent chance of hitting the over in a prime time game right now in the NFL. Those numbers are unbelievable because for whatever reason, a lot of holding calls are called, a lot of red zone turnovers are taking place, but there's games where six hundred to eight hundred yards of offense. You know, so there are a plenty of plenty of even the game last night they only had what uh, twenty-eight points, but. They had 620 yards of offense, Rick. So these teams are moving the ball up and down the field. They just can't finish drives with touchdowns for because of penalties and because of fumbles and because of interceptions. So there's just it, it's it's a very it's a very weird dynamic that for every reason this year the games that I'm wagering the things that need to happen are not happening. However, I think kind of the same logic applies. To, to the Patriots because they just dealt with a ton of adversity. I don't think, I don't think Mac Jones is that bad. Is he, is he a mobile quarterback? Is he that, that quarterback that, that people are looking into right now? Mm-hmm. No, he's not. But I think he's smart enough. I think he's got a big enough arm. And when he has weapons, he's going to be fine. But right now, he just doesn't have the weapons. And I think it's, I think it's kind of been proven that in this, in this league right now, because the defenses are so fast and so good and so big, you need, offensive, you need weapons offensively to have a chance, no matter how talented you are.
3: There he is, J.D. Sharp, ProWagering, ProWagering.com. Always good stuff. Thanks, buddy. Good. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rick. All right, we'll come back with Jay Arnold on the other side on Sports Byline.
1: That's 800-433-0539 Paid for by Fix My Student Loans
26: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic
3: Maybe I could be a food critic These muffins taste bad Or an art critic That painting is bad
12: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right. Thank you for that, I think. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show filmmaker Jay Arnold. He has written and directed a brand new film that is in theaters now and will be available tomorrow on demand. It's called Shoulder Dance, and this has been in some film festivals and has done uh, very well so far. Jay, first of all, how gratifying is it when you write and direct something and there might be a little bit of trepidation? What if no one likes this, right?
29: Well, um, you know, (laughs) as a filmmaker, I think uh, or as any kind of a creator, you have to come onto this with thick skin, right? Because nobody loves everything. There's Academy Award-winning films that people are like, oh, it's the worst thing I ever saw. And so I I think it was, I, I want to say it was John Waters that said, whenever reviews come out, you read a bad review once, a good review twice, and you never look at them again. <laughs> so um, I'm certainly prepared. I I. We have some reviews so far, and they've all been positive, but uh, there's always going to be people, you know, that it's not their cup of tea.
3: So let's talk about the plot peas. Plot peas and a plate of peas. No, the plot please, shoulder dance. What's it all about? Jim?
28: Well,
29: you know, I'm drawing a lot. They say, right, you know, uh, write what you know. Um, and it's a story I've wanted to tell for a really long time. Um, I'm in my 50s, you know, um growing up gay was challenging for me. You know, you're in your teens, you're you, you know, you're just kind of figuring yourself out. And so relationships, particularly with other guys, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, and I had friendships one in particular like this and something invariably went south. We had a fight, we never spoke again. I have no idea. I don't even remember what the fight was about. Um, but I can't tell you how many times over the years, you know, I thought about him. And I thought, what happened? What went wrong? What did I do? Was it me? Was it because I was gay? You know, um, and I've also thought about, oh, my God, what, you know, like, what if I ran into him? What if he just, like, showed up on my doorstep two decades later? You know, what would I do? Um, and, you know, when it comes to friends that you were really close with, like like best friends, um, you could not see them for years, and somehow in like two minutes, no time has passed. But you know, this is a little bit more complicated, you know, there, There's when there's emotional intimacy involved. You know, your are best friends, you talk about everything, right? So, you know, particularly different sexual orientation when you're growing up, you know. So, um, this story considers what it might look like reconciling after all those years Um, because without completion it not only, you know, like festers but it also subconsciously informs your future, you know Uh, like you're a little damaged with your best friend, you know Uh, I wasn't good enough, I was rejected now I'm afraid or I can't date or I can't commit or whatever that looks like Um, so, you know if I got the opportunity to have completion um, with that resolve so that I could move forward, you know? Um, and I
3: think broken friendships of all
29: kinds is something that almost everyone can relate to,
3: you know? No doubt about it. And also, you know, I've talked to a lot of filmmakers before that have made uh, films with gay actors or topics and, you what do you think about when they say, oh, this is a gay movie? It's a sort of like it's like it's pigeonholed. Like it doesn't have anything to offer unless you're gay. I mean, is that frustrating? It,
29: you know, it's, yes. And it's kind of different for someone of my age or maybe somebody over 50 as opposed to younger generations. I was there for Stonewall. You know we were like, "It shouldn't matter, don't label us, you know, by gay, it doesn't matter today you're you know you're he, she, them, they you know, so um it's a very different situation, you know
3: when you did what happens next um and uh with a great cast and love Wendy Malik, by the way, and she's so oh my gold. God,
29: listen. You, we could have a whole dialogue about <laughs> Wendy Malick, uh, what a remarkable human being she is, and what a tremendous contribution she's made to my life, not only in that film, which was my first feature film, but since then. What, We've well, remained very close.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a good friend. That's nice. Um, yeah. What I was getting at, though, is when you make a successful film, how does that change uh-huh. you? Like, you know, in Hollywood, you can be hot. I remember Dana Carvey... Came off SNL, made a movie called Master of Disguise, and he said no one would touch him yeah. for three years. It's like, what what happened? I had decades, and now no one wants to touch me because of one bad movie.
29: Right. Well, I mean, I guess my point I didn't really complete so much before um, was that back then, um, uh, you know, it was more like it shouldn't matter, and it didn't matter, and now it does. And I, it, it's harder for me to reconcile, although I totally get it on a rational level, and I understand and I have a lot of different friends that you know, are a he or a she or label themselves, however. Um, but from my point of view, the point was, was that it shouldn't matter at all, You know, that mm-hmm. there shouldn't be a gay film, a straight film. Okay, well, it's a film. There's gay people in it, fine. Okay. There's straight people in it, fine. Uh, And this is a film in which we actually have, you know, um, uh, somebody gay playing a a straight role and somebody straight playing a gay role because I didn't ask, you know, who is gay. I wanted great talent. And so um, I think, you know, it really all worked out beautifully.
3: And then I'm really proud of it.
29: I do I do believe that people are going to it's going to I think there's going to be a lot of conversation about it.
3: Very good. Finally, Ira and Roger reuniting after over twenty years. Who is the guy? Have you has he come back into your life? Is he gonna see this movie and know, hey, he's talking about me?
29: No, actually, uh, he passed away from cancer, isn't that sad? Ah. So I don't and since you know, it's interesting you ask, though, because since I didn't have an opportunity to have that completion in real life, I I got to write the
3: story and sort
29: of just make it up how I wanted
3: to. You know, (laughs) well, that's good. I mean, I am I wish, you know,
29: I really do wish I would have that opportunity. I do wish he was around because I think if he saw this film, I would get a phone call.
3: Well, the film is called Shoulder Dance. Two couples, one straight and one gay, one wild weekend and a whole lot of baggage. It is out now in theaters and tomorrow available on digital platforms. We've been speaking with the writer and director, Jay Arnold. Jay, congratulations on the film and thanks for stopping by. Really appreciate that, Rick. Thanks so much. Have a great no, day. And have no problem day No problem at all. And um, by the way, just uh, one more little we got about uh, how much time? We got like a minute here. The a um, little here. The little sports stat that little sports stat yesterday. This was the yesterday. This was the NFL record for most game-winning kicks as time expired there were five walk-off field goals. Texas beat Bengals 27 to 30 from Matt Amendola, spelled different than Danny. Uh, Browns beat Ravens 33-31. Dustin Hopkins, that's two great actors put together. (laughs) Lions 41, Chargers 38, Riley Patterson. Uh, Cardinals 25, Falcons 23, Matt Prater and Seahawks 29, Commanders 26, Jason Myers. The thing I think is most interesting about all this is I've only heard of two of those kickers, Matt Prater and Jason Myers. <laughs> I mean, if you showed me them and I saw them line up and I'm like, okay, I remember Just off the top of my head. I'm like, who's Riley Patterson? Uh, is that Taylor Swift's best friend? Is that her twin now, who's Dustin Hopkins? Didn't he? He was in uh, Rain Man or the, the the Mount the Bounty, wasn't he? Five walk off field goals. That's pretty exciting. And as JD said, no one is scoring points anymore. Just he said, 22% of games are the over. That's pretty crazy. All right, we'll come back. We'll check into the Discovery Channel right here on Tidalending Sports.
4: brings you to the clinic today?
2: Oh, the baby's not feeling well. I think she might have a fever.
4: Ah, oh, well, let's check her temp with the exergen thermometer. You're right. These exergen thermometers are very accurate. Reads 101.2. Oh,
22: gosh. Well, that exergen thermometer sure is fast and easy to use.
4: Yes, and many doctors recommend exergen for home use. Exergen thermometers backed by over
19: 100 clinical studies are available at Walgreens and participating retailers. Learn more
6: at exergen.com.
1: That's 800-760-1845. Everyone watches more than five hours of
14: television. Really? And that's not counting mobile viewing. Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you we're here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television.
1: We are Dish TV. 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. That's 800-293-0328.
27: Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, billing, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com slash go to learn more.
12: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. We're waiting on our guests, and when we get them, we will throw them on the air. The off-season at MLB is about two weeks old, and we're still waiting for the first major move, and that's not unusual because it's a marathon, not a sprint. It goes into the hot stove league, and Friday is the non-tender deadline, and then there's probably some activity of that. You have the GM meetings, and... <clears throat> Those got called off in Scottsdale because of COVID. Yes, it's 2023. But the rumor coming out today on MLB.com that Shohei Otani doesn't care about geography, which I can't believe is even a headline. But there are a lot of people who think he chose the Angels because California was closer to Japan. Look, you're going to fly all day or all night. When you're going to Japan, anywhere in the United States, it's not closer to Japan in only relative terms. (laughs) Okay. You'd be like, Rick, it's six hours closer. Okay. But how often does he go back during the season? Never. He never goes back during the season. Right? That makes no sense. So. Uh, to say that, you know, like, well, it's going to be the Mariners or the Giants because he wants to be close. If he, went to, if he went back to Japan once a month, absolutely, I would think that would be a priority. But he's going to be in America for the entire baseball season. So if he wants to fly an extra couple hours because he wants to play for the Astros or the uh, Rangers. And believe me, he's not going to the Astros. Let's say he wants to go for the Rangers. So anyway. I just think it's funny that that is even a headline that people would even consider because it's it's really not to do anything. He doesn't go home till after the season. Right. All right. We are quite happy to bring back to the show Dwayne and Chad Ollinger. There is a new season on Discovery Channel's Mystery at Blind Frog Ranch. It's going to be premiering Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Pacific. And uh, you guys, uh, let's just explain to people what's going on if they don't know. Dwayne, let's start with you. you got 160 acres up there in northeastern Utah and you believe you got some Aztec gold, maybe as much as three billion underneath there. Why, why do you think that it's there?
24: Well, we deal with uh, two different types of satellite technology and, and the only thing that we can see is we're dealing with like 9,600 feet of flooded caves and we know that by the ionic burst as we as we deal with water and the minerals in the water and then also uh we can pick up uh au irpt uh ag all these different elements from satellite that gives us the percolation in that area and then they'll run their calculations on that uh, a number is just a number until you until you find what you're looking for but we have uh, high value information as far as new technology that shows we're sitting on something that's pretty interesting.
3: So Chad, I heard that you guys had some claim jumpers, which to me are trespassers and thieves. And I think about the old West saying legal action and lever action like a Winchester. Uh, <laughs> how are these guys not shot? I guess is my question.
30: You know, uh, the way they are going about things, which obviously trespassing is against the law, but the, the, the blatantness of these guys doing this stuff just blew my mind. Uh, and it, it could have got really Western really quick. And I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't get more out of hand than it did. We had, which it'll be on the show. I can't say much about it, but, um, uh, the way, oh man, it, uh it could have got really bad, really fast. And, uh, you know, back in the day, someone would have got shot hundred percent, the way things were going here. It's uh uh yeah, like you said, man. Plenty of trespassing and uh and then they're looking to find what we have and they know it's there. Well, they think it's there, but you know, it's it's uh it's a battle, no doubt about it.
3: So then, Chad, do you gotta go out and get armed security guards or you take care of that yourself?
30: Well, we, <laughs> we we're all armed out there, but uh as far as security guards, you know, we have we have different people in in place, but uh uh yeah, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how much <laughs> Well,
3: Dwayne, let me ask you this because first of all, going underground ain't safe, and then going underground and maybe underwater sounds doubly perilous. What are some of the more iffy situations you guys have found yourself in down there?
24: So, so the biggest thing is that we know for a fact that there is a cave system down there. We, we know for a fact that it's just damn near impossible to go in where it's wet. And we're constantly, even though it might not be reported, we're constantly looking for dry entrances. We know that for a fact that that's going to be our way in we don't understand why the water table is so high right there where that pond is it's like it's a stage down dam underground somewhere and we know that we'll have to uh get above 7106 elevation of the of uh, is where the water is so uh we're always constantly looking for a dry entrance up up above and and we're getting very very close to that. You just need to know that and watch season three. But uh, even with the new technology, and now they're dealing with the quantum side of this deal, will just blow your mind.
3: A couple more questions for Dwayne and Chad Ollinger. Mystery of Blind Frog Ranch. New season begins Wednesday on Discovery and Discovery Plus, 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Um, Chad, I would imagine. Uncle Sam would want a piece, even though it's your property and you're doing all the work. I could just see you coming up with the gold and then them saying, Yeah, we'll take half. Like, how does all that work?
30: Well, uh, great question now. Uh, because there is gray areas in all that, you know, because it varies in the state of Utah, it, it varies like, uh, who, who had it first. I mean, if it, if it has Spanish markings, I mean, that, that could mean that the Spaniards could have claim to it or the, the natives. So it's, it's all tricky and not even including uncle Sam, you know? So it's, it's one of those deals that, uh, when we find the mother load, you know, we'll have to worry about it then. But as far as now, uh, uh, yeah, I've just heard stories about who gets their claim in. And that's the thing. If you find something super valuable, everyone's going to come in and say it's partially theirs, you know, and that's the <laughs> world we live in right now, unfortunately.
3: No doubt about it. So um, the other thing is, I think what the Discovery Channel does so well, not just show, but so many shows, is they find the everyman. You guys aren't fancy Hollywood types. And you have the ability to, unlike a lot of reality shows, not act more tough or more like a victim under camera, but to to try to ignore the cameras. How hard was that for you to adjust to having people and a sound guy holding a boom mic over your head every day like that?
30: I I remember at first uh, when when the, like the first day they all show up and I thought, well, well, we'll just do our thing, you know. But the next thing you know, you have three cameras on you and uh, you're like, damn, I don't really know how to walk with my hand. What do I do with my hands again? It was real weird. And then, you know, finally get over that. And hell, now I'll be changing in my scuba gear and they'll be sneaking around videoing me and it doesn't matter anymore. So we're just back to normal work pretty much or seems like it anyways but it took some some getting used to for sure
3: what would you say uh Dwayne is one of the more spooky stories associated with I mean we know about the blind frogs they were out of the sun and so they kind of went blind and you, they wouldn't move until you touched them, and all that I saw how it got his name but there's been you know some ghost stories let's say what what's one of the more spooky ones
24: You know, the the one that got this whole deal started uh, was whenever we did the drilling out there where we went through this blue clay with these big drilling rigs. And uh, after we went through that clay is where the blue ore came out of the ground and lightning strikes came, came out of the ground about four foot. So we know that that was an insulator of some kind that released some kind of energy. And then that night is whenever I saw uh, nine total craft uh, they were the spheres they were like a sphere I don't know how to say it and then they three came up three came up and three came up and then right there as they pulled up they didn't make no noise and they just blow the fog around their uh around their craft so it looked like nine crafts all the way across that mountain where we were working and we were told that they were going to come in because whatever happened, we created havoc out there in uh, whatever galaxy or the universe or whatever the hell, all we were doing was just drilling holes. But uh, something happened and it alerted something and and we had nine crafts sitting there making sure that we didn't get hurt.
3: Wow. And Chad, I know that you were just kind of supposed to just kind of help out and and get out but this this campaign you know ended up being your livelihood and you got all the little kids do you have to kind of like tell your kids look stay away we got skinwalker ranch over the hill we got a lot of criminals around here it's too dangerous i'm sure they're curious right
30: yeah you know they actually didn't come up with me this year uh but when we did have uh you know did weird stuff on 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 film it was right by our bus where we we're staying at and you know ever since that moment uh, yeah they didn't come out there with me anymore unfortunately because i mean hell they're say they say they're just a mile away but man i couldn't get there fast enough and then and then yeah you do have uh trespassers that come out there uh with all these people are armed it's it's uh it's more dangerous than what people think, and and you're right when you say all that. So, yeah, they 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 don't get to go out there, especially at night. We don't really camp out there anymore.
3: Mystery at Blind Frog Ranch premieres a new season this Wednesday, the fifteenth, ten p.m. Eastern and Pacific on Discovery Channel, Discovery Plus. We have been speaking with the Ollingers, Dwayne and Chad. Looking forward to a new season, gentlemen. Thanks for coming on.
30: Yeah, thank you, brother.
24: Yeah, thanks for having us.
3: Okay, no problem. Our pleasure. We'll take a quick break and we'll come on back on Sports Byline if you want to get in at 1 800 878 Play.
0: Life insurance is one of those things that just about everybody needs, but few people actually have. Hey, if you die unexpectedly without life insurance, guess what? You'll leave your family with even a bigger mess. Life insurance will help replace your family's income. It'll help cover burial expenses. Life insurance can even help pay off debt like credit cards and medical bills. Life insurance can even pay for college. And if you own a business and you die, life insurance can help your business from collapsing. It can even help cover estate taxes. Life insurance has never been more affordable and needed. Plus, you can always shop around even if you have a plan and save some money. So call the life insurance quote line right now for free
1: pricing information. 800-915-9654. 800-915-9654. 800-915-9654. That's 800-915-9654. That's 800-278-1738.
6: To me, it's like a mountain, a vast bowl of pus.
12: his servants
3: thank you for that a couple minutes left in the show and you know when the um, baseball season ended we have now at this point and I guess that's it we've had eight teams change manager which is almost a third of the league a couple of them just switched teams Gabe Kapler is out in San Francisco Bob Melvin is in Bob Melvin is out in San Diego he has not been replaced Craig Council, of course, flipped from the brew crew to the Cubs. They have not replaced him yet. And David Ross is out on the north side. Buck Showalter is out at City Field. Carlos Mendoza finally gets his chance. We we're talking to Omar Vizquel last week, and he's excited as a fellow Venezuelan. Tito retired with Cleveland. Stephen Vogt, who has almost no coaching experience, but... I think is going to do a great job with the Guardians. And then uh, Phil Nevin is out in Anaheim, and Ron Washington is in. <laughs> it's funny. If Ron Washington was white, you could say, "Up, oh, it's the old boy network, just getting hired again. I don't think you can say that about a guy who's African American, but also I love Wash, and I think that's a great hire for the Angels. And then Dusty retired as well with Houston. And Joe Espada, if you missed that news, is going to be the new skipper in uh, Houston. So two changes in the American League West and uh, two changes in the National League West. You wonder what I, I wonder about the pro. I mean, the Brewers, I'm sure will get somebody pretty good. But you wonder what's going to happen with the Brewers, because it seems like A.J. Prowler, the GM, gets along better with the Jace Tinglers of the world. In other words, like, thank you so much, sir, for giving me an opportunity. I'll do whatever you say. To a guy like Bob Melvin, who, and by the way, Bob Melvin did what Billy Bean wanted him to do. It's not like Bob Melvin is, you know, bullheaded guy. He's not like a Showalter type. And I just wonder, if you can't get along with Bob Melvin, (laughs) you have to be a real, let's just say, son of a gun not to get along with Bob Melvin. I just wonder who's gonna say yes to the Padres. I mean obviously they got so much talent they got a beautiful stadium they're aggressive they spend money. it's a good job uh, in a tough division. you got the national League champ and the the uh, Dodgers in that division. but I wonder who will be the yes man there. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll do it tomorrow again 9 a.m pack time right here on sports Byline.